Oncology Systems Limited are the leading provider of radiotherapy ancillary equipment in the UK and Ireland. Serving the community for over 22 years, we pride ourselves on exceptional service and quality products. Please take a moment to visit our website www.osl.uk.com and take a look at our product lines, which include macromedics for patient immobilisation and IB dosimetry for all your radiotherapy quality assurance needs. We are more than happy to take your questions, so please do get in touch via our website or email inquiry at osl.uk.com and one of our specialist team will be available to assist you. So hello and welcome to Rad Chat. So my name is Joe McNamara and I'm joined by my fellow host, Naomi Jogger Anderson. Hi everyone. So we are here at UKIO 2022. Uh, please do follow the hashtag. And I'm joined today by our first guest of the day, Alison, would you like to introduce yourself and explain what your current role is, please? Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, my name's Alison Sarney, and I am the principal educator at the Christie Hospital, um, a specialist cancer hospital in the northwest of England. Amazing. So, for anyone who hasn't heard of Alison, she is active on Twitter. Um, Alison, do you know your Twitter handle? I have no idea. You forced me onto Twitter. You said it was a good idea. You was right. I have no idea how to respond, how to thank people, how to have personal messages. I do that's post. The, that's, the good, that's the most important thing. So at least you know how to do that. But follow Alison and connect that way if you do want to kind of make some links. So Alison, on Twitter, you've been obviously talking about clinical placement expansion yeah. projects that you've been involved in. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you've been doing for the past two years, is it now? Yeah, two years. So um, at the um, peak of the pandemic, you'll remember that students were removed from clinical placement and we have to find a really safe way to bring them back. And so we remodelled our clinical education to move our final year students into first jobs where the majority of the training was digitally delivered. So we got our subject matter experts to really lean into our students and support them through what they needed to know, why they needed to know it, and really socialise the students before we took them into the clinical space. Um, what happened as a result of that is we recognised that these students accelerated in terms of their ability to adapt, transform, and give really good care to our oncology patients across the systems of care. So they really used their skills as therapeutic radiographers to support systems um, phlebotomy, cannulation, CT screening, first aid consultations on a telephone, advanced communication um, and we realised that this was a really good model. So following that Health Education England put a bid out to ask us to look at clinical expansion so we need to grow our therapeutic rate off the workforce by 18% by 2025 we're in a pandemic, or was, so we need to socially distance, so it's really difficult to find space to put learners and ramp up, and we needed to address the challenges around repair and give our learners a really good learning experience, but understand what they really needed in terms of support and follow their interest. So we made a decision to continue the digital model blended with physical placements and we developed a digital clinical placement for our highly specialised proton beam service which was the only one in the country at that time that was clinical. We now have um, a service in London but at the time it was Christie and there was a real appetite to come and learn proton beam therapy. So we opened a digital placement to all universities in England 
and also devolved countries and we got 72 students on the platform. It was amazing, they learned lots of transferable skills they can take into practice and they're averaging a 40% self-assessed um, professional growth in their capabilities. So it's much broader than learning about proton beam therapy you can imagine. It's a lot of self-regulation, 360 feedback and really understanding what you need to look like as a health professional to give really good care to cancer patients. Sounds amazing. It's very adaptable, I suppose, especially with the pandemic and getting people involved from everywhere. What sort of challenges have you faced so far with it? Well, the real challenge and what a lovely um, challenge and headache to have a guess is we've ramped the placement up the Proton Beam. We now offer 400 learners the um, opportunity this that year. That is quite some ramp up, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's the start. Um, we've also developed a second programme in highly specialised radiotherapy. So these are hard to reach, highly technical areas such as stereotactic radiosurgery, MR, LINAC and brachytherapy. So really increasing and widening access for those therapeutic radiographer learners that perhaps don't get those opportunities um, to come into these areas and really thinking and carving opportunities for career progression. Um, and in addition to that, we had this initiative, we, it was a good idea, although um, we're, we're a bit of a challenge of our own successes, we've developed an oncology pathways placement for pre-reg nurses and pre-reg AHPs. So this is to help people in our community who nurse patients to support people affected by cancer and of course is one in two so even if you specialise in kidney function or whatever that looks like as a nurse you're likely to also be coming across patients who are affected by cancer so we now have 400 pre-reg nurses on an oncology pathways programme joined by diagnostic radiographers, physiotherapists and a real appetite to say how can we go national on something like this and keep the learner in that space and really see the learner. So I think the biggest challenge is the success, but the also the big challenge is online learning is a, a different space to learn. It's not um, information giving, it's information exchange and it's a tripartite relationship between the clinical staff who are drawing on the patient stories and their expertise and what really makes a difference to our patients, the educationalists who are acting as facilitators and the learners who are online, uniforms on, completely present and involved and I think a big challenge is reframing what online learning actually is and it's quite different to perhaps one that people who are on this call may be familiar with. So it's very exciting. And Alison, in terms of kind of student engagement, like I know how competitive it is to even get a placement because of kind of the profile that you've now got um, in the delivery of what you offer. But how do you guys, because me as an educator who's worked primarily through the pandemic online, how do you get engagement? Oh, we, we get engagement through lots of means. I think the key thing is contracting with the students. Um, right at the start, before the programme starts, familiarisation, safety, psychological safety around what this looks like to me, following my interest, will it make a difference to my care. So we work with the British School of Coaching, it's, it's thoroughly immersed in a coaching model, so it's following interest of the learner, but ultim ultimately follows the interest of our patients. 
I'm really reminding learners of our purpose, our goal, our end game. Um, and really, you know, things like doing a hello, my name is getting to meet your cohort, getting to meet subject matter experts before you even land on day one. Yeah. Getting to really say it's okay not to have all the answers, but to remain curious. It's okay just to take a breath and be curious around oncology and how it affects children, young teenage adults, adults in very different ways. Um, and really lean into the power of storytelling, but utilising each other, the learners, as um, peer peer review, holding each other to account, being really honest and open about where you are and your vulnerabilities. Yeah. And what's great about this placement is all our subject matter experts come to the table saying, you know what, I often don't feel good enough, I don't feel a no, so we're not meant to have all the answers, but it's about utilising what we do have in the right way and seeking out and signposting our patients often is really good. Perhaps holding a hand and showing compassion. So these are the really important things that we can offer in bucket loads. The thing is interesting you said about vulnerability, because through the pandemic, for me, with patients, they were a lot more open on the phone. I think you're in your home space, so you can talk about it. So I suppose digital learning, you can be a bit more honest. So although it's through a screen, but you, in that way, there's that awkwardness isn't there. We used to talk to someone face to face about your vulnerability. Yeah, it's really interesting because we say, you know, the digital tenancy now is, is 365 uh, Microsoft Teams. So get used to it, get familiar with it. This is a tool and it's around um, having patient consultations and support in that digital space and if we as professionals find that quite challenging you're absolutely right how does that feel at the other end a patient and the family and we actually had a debate on this the learners had a debate on the advantages and disadvantages of the uh, virtual consultations and people feeling they're in the home and that's really great and of course we're helping the environment people aren't having to travel um, and you know we're helping lots of other things but one student raised well actually we're perhaps bringing our our health concerns into our really private space and there isn't a disconnect between that patient with cancer and that patient in their home wanting perhaps to switch off so it was an interesting debate that the learners had looking at this from multiple perspectives and I think that's the beauty of the placement. This is following interest of the learners and across the country they come together and share experiences and really remodel um, what they're thinking and reframe what they're thinking from these perspectives. So it's a really good point and if you were on our placement you'd be challenged <laughs> to say well that is a really good point however let's think about it from this lens and of course it's around following the interests of your patients and what really helps them. Yeah, so, so talking about different lenses, you mentioned kind of widening participation in other countries. How's that been going? Yeah, yeah. So real opportunity. We um, support some global work with Kenya and Uganda. So we're looking at foundations in oncology for a workforce, a nursing workforce who haven't had the exposure to oncology, perhaps don't have the mentorship around oncology because communicable disease was the focus and now cancer is a huge focus so many patients in low middle income countries or populations present with really late stage disease so t3 t4 um, and what we need to do now and what's happening is is a real investment in resources to change that so something like cervical screening and um, the challenge is you can learn about cervical screening but it doesn't mean you're willing to have a conversation about it 
because if you're a nurse in a low middle income country it's been really challenging to see cancer as something that actually is the unsaid it's something that may lead to death and often does um, so it's about bringing nurses on to say what's your biggest concern about having a conversation and so when we've spoken to our colleagues in Kenya and Uganda and said what do you want from us we'd like an oncology module okay that's fine what do you want at the end of it we'd like a certificate on the wall and yeah. um, we'd sort of say well actually let's think about our main purpose and what I thought you was going to say was we want to improve outcomes for population we want to improve outcomes for patients and we need to understand how we make that happen so it's beyond knowledge and there's something else around values behaviors reflectivity so when I know something what will support me in enacting something to make a difference and what would hold me back and I think again the digital placements give an opportunity to explore that we've um, built a bank of coaches who are clinicians who have a coaching model to follow interest and they will mentor nurses in our low middle income countries to just really seek understanding of what the real challenges are and consider the options but through the lens of the nurse in that particular country so we'll call that we call that cultural intelligence and it's really important for us to gain cultural intelligence in in England because our populations are diverse and if we don't understand the needs of our patients in our populations then we can't meet those needs so we're really really looking to our partners not not to support them but for them to support us and it's a very much a an equal relationship with lots of gains from both sides. Oh, Alison, I think we could probably talk all day and um, we'd love to have you on for a full a full episode. Um, but for now, thank you so much for joining us and we've been Brad Chat here at UKIA. Thank you.